in today's episode, we will be discussing some must-haves when designing a brand new home centered around hosting and entertaining. We do have the holidays just around the corner, and of course, everything starts in the heart of the home, which is the kitchen. Dela, you are an expert when it comes to kitchen design. Uh, what are a few things that people consider when designing their space? You know, some of the main principles, and then how can we elaborate off of that to take into consideration having larger gatherings? Well, I think one of the biggest things that I'm starting to see now with designing kitchens is that people want everybody to be in that space with them. So you're seeing the islands just get larger and larger and the dining rooms are getting smaller and smaller. If you think about it, the kitchen is the heart of the home, so everybody wants to be there at the same time. And you want to take in consideration, do these people like to cook? Maybe they like to cook a lot, so they're going to have a lot of appliances. Maybe they don't like to cook. Maybe they don't need that many appliances. Um, That's not a big factor to them. Um, If they like to entertain, maybe they want to have like beverage coolers, you know. Um, There's a lot of things that you just want to talk to them about and see how they're actually going to use the space. Um, Some people like to be really organized too. So they like to have like the little dividers inside their drawers or they like to have the pull-out roll trays just so they can see the backs of the cabinets easier. And then there's other people who just, because they're not in the space that much, they don't want to keep it organized and they do have very minimal stuff. Let's focus on when you have everyone in the kitchen. Okay. Where do they all come together? They come to the island. They come to the island they? pretty much. So yeah. it's not necessarily that there's less of a prioritization on dining rooms. It's just that they want everyone in the same space. So first of all, we see a lot of home designs that have the open concept. Mm-hmm. Maybe that kitchen overflows into the dining room or we're bringing a bunch of island seating there. Yeah. Islands are really convenient too, not only for food prep, but also for laying everything out. Right. Yeah. If, if the kitchen is the heart of the home, the island is the heart of the kitchen, right? It is, yeah. Um, that's where everybody gathers, you know. Um, and then I've also seen a lot of um, kitchens with two islands. So not just one island. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot, a lot of these kitchens getting larger, taking the space of the dining room. So you actually have two islands. So what's the reasoning behind the two islands? Well, well you could have a primary cooking island, you right? You could have a primary cooking island or... It can even be like a prep island. Maybe they want to prep all the food there. Uh, and majority of the time, the other island is more for the seating area. So that's where your uh, friends and family will be sitting just to watch you. Here's my favorite thing about two islands. Just exactly as you said, and then I like to throw a bar sink in that second outer island, mm-hmm. that, as well as a, a trash bin. That way, if someone needs to come into the kitchen to empty their drink or throw something away, they don't enter the heart of the kitchen. They're not interrupting the the workflow of those who are cooking. That's a good idea. I think something to consider, too, is that the work triangle in a kitchen is an outdated concept. These are not your traditional kitchens where you've got four walls in the kitchen. The space is overflowing. These kitchens are growing in size. So the idea of being able to connect, is it your your sink to your oven to To your cooktop? To your cooktop. Yep. And that all needs to be under a certain dimension when you add up each of those lengths and each leg right. shouldn't exceed a certain uh, length. Yeah, I think that when you start to look at the best kitchens that are coming out in today's new home designs, all those are breaking that rule of abiding by this work triangle. And I, and I think it might be there's just more appliances out there too that you need to consider, right? Appliances are so convenient. 
right? And that's when we're hosting these large events, we want to be able to time the dishes to be available when everyone's ready to eat. And that's where those warming drawers are extra convenient. Yeah. John, you've done a lot of home designs. You've had a lot of clients that have utilized butler's pantries, even these hidden walkthrough pantries that go into the butler's room. I shouldn't say butler's room, but the butler's pantry. That's so great too, because we can hide a lot of those appliances in that room. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. You know, <clears throat> you can clean up the kitchen by getting some of those appliances that maybe you're not gonna use every single day, but more so for large gatherings. You can put those maybe in the butler's pantry. Um, great place to also maybe have some slow cookers or crock pots that you're gonna plug in. They're, they're kind of put away till they're ready to come out for everybody to enjoy so that the whole countertop's not cluttered with a bunch of stuff during the holidays when you're trying to host everybody and you don't want five or six crock pots all sitting on the counter. So if the square footage allows for it, Butler's Pantry and the use of that space is a really good um, spot for a lot of that stuff. Do you guys even know what the difference is between a butler's pantry and a pantry is? I don't, Dela. Why don't you define that? Oh, well, you know, it's a great <laughs> place for you to prep food and drinks, and a pantry is more for storing food. Okay. So essentially, we'd have all the same appliances. You'd have, a, of course, a sink. A sink. A dishwasher. Yep. You could have dishwasher. You could have the warming range. drawer. Coffee maker. Everything that you can do in a traditional kitchen, you should be able to do in a butler's pantry. Correct. So imagine you're hosting this large event and you've got caterers coming over. It, this eliminates the need for all that staff in the main kitchen where everyone's gathering and they're able to take care of all those tasks in the butler's pantry. Right. And now, it's usually right in between the kitchen and the dining room is where you put your butler's pantry. Why is that? So it's easier for you to serve the food to the people that are in the dining room. I see. I like the idea of the butler's pantry being out of sight mm -hmm. because let's just say it's not realistic that you're going to bring in catering for your family Thanksgiving, right? right? Yeah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but it's realistic that there's going to be a mess. Right. And if you're doing all this in the butler's pantry, got all those crock pots out like you were saying, John, all that can stay in the butler's pantry and you don't have that stress of having to clean up right away. Oh, that's a good idea. So maybe instead of using that space for a second island, if you don't like that idea, maybe you take that space or that square footage from the kitchen and utilize it as a butler's pantry. That mm -hmm. makes sense, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, everything has their varying degree. We don't have to go all out like the traditional understanding of a butler's pantry, but even just having a flexible space for storing all these extra items. And speaking of storage, we need to take that into consideration when designing kitchens, but as well as the rest of the home. Christmas decorations, holiday decor, all of this stuff is so important. I know a lot of people with uh, homes that were built many years ago, they have a hard time bringing everything out when you're getting ready for the holidays because it's stored up in the attic right. or somewhere that's pretty inconvenient. We have seen, I just saw a plan the other day where there was dedicated uh I'm trying to think of who it was. There was dedicated Christmas tree storage in there, as well as all the other Christmas decor. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, storage is, is certainly a place that we design around. Um, like you talked about attic space. Uh, that space above the garage is utilized a lot of times, um, especially if you have slab construction, you don't have a lower level. Um, we use that as storage space, um, the lower levels or basement sometimes storage, but you know, sometimes we make the home just a little bit larger to add that storage with storage above the garage. A lot of people just think of your traditional pull down attic ladder. We don't see that very often. If you've got storage above there, it is an actual room. And then we've got stairs 
leading up to that attic above the garage, that storage loft. Right. Yeah. Stairs, you know, we can use room and attic trusses and design an entire room up there. Or recently had a client do um, an electronic little elevator or cart. Uh, I, I don't know what I would call it. Maybe like a dumb waiter. It just simply drops down, uh, lowers down with like a garage door opener, comes down, loads his stuff up there and hits the button. It goes back up. It's out of sight. Doesn't need to climb, you know, hold stuff, boxes, climbing, trying to climb a ladder, just lowers it down, puts it on there, goes right up. It's that's, pretty slick that's and sweet. inexpensive too. That's the big thing to think about when you're building a new home is where are you at in life right now and how long are you going to be in the house, right? I mean, you don't want to design all your storage where now all of a sudden you're 70 years old and you're trying to carry a tote up or down stairs. So if there's space on the main floor, maybe that's important to include that in the design layouts that everything's right there so you're not walking up and down steps trying to carry a 20 pound tote or 30 pound tote down the road versatility and home design right. goes such a long way and even when we circle back to talking about hosting these large events all of a sudden you may have 20 30 people in your home so it's important to keep in mind that your dining room is large enough you could extend out the leaves on the table bring in all these extra chairs even take a look at your HVAC systems. You ever been a home with a lot of people and it starts to get pretty warm? You've got all those double ovens going, the heating, the warming drawers. Yeah, and then you end up opening up the windows. Right. Well, <laughs> when you've got the latest and greatest HVAC systems, you're able to have a home that's responsive to that demand. Yeah. And it keeps things feeling comfortable. Another thing I think when it comes to comfort and entertaining is, of course, music and lighting. Just setting the ambiance. Having it be a, a fun and inviting environment. So, of course, we've got smart home technologies where we can control music throughout the entire home. Mm-hmm. Not only are you hearing that same song in the kitchen, great room, dining room area, but if you take a step outside to the outdoor living spaces, that music flows out there too. It makes it seem like it's still a part of the rest of the home. And those outdoor living spaces are a great consideration for building a new home. I mean, here we are in a more northern climate, so when we're thinking Christmas and Thanksgiving, we may not necessarily be outside. No. But of course, hosting extends beyond the holidays as well. And if you've got beautiful weather, where else would you rather be than enjoying these outdoor living spaces? We were just at the Forever Home, an incredible home that was featured on YouTube. and They've got a Solana out there with that double-sided fireplace, a ton of seating extending out to a fire pit area. I know if I were building a new home, I would certainly want a space like that because it allows for everyone to spread out when they come over. Yeah. And, and speaking of when people come over, I think that's that's a, a design consideration too. So uh, we need to design some space for, you know, maybe coats when people are coming in, boots. Um, you know, the mudroom is, is certainly a hot topic too. You know, designing some locker spaces. But yeah, even the foyer, the entrance, make sure you got ample space there. Maybe a closet up there. Uh, definitely have one of those. So, you know, guests aren't their get their shoes and boots aren't right when you're trying to walk through. So definitely, you know, getting back to that storage consideration. I think um, that's a great idea. And even consider overnight guests. When you come to visit, of course you want storage. You want to be able to put your items away, but consider incorporating a desk into those guest bedrooms because they're bringing in their luggage. If you set it on top of a dresser, now it's high. If you set it on the floor, it's far too low, if you put it on a desk, then it's at an appropriate work height and you can leave items in your in your luggage. So that, that'll be convenient for them. 
Also, we see this on a lot of the short-term vacation rentals, uh, like Rob and Jen over in New Hampshire. And uh, having the wear and tear of being able to handle those suitcases and luggage is real convenient. If you have guests, a lot of people have pets. So maybe they're bringing their pets with them. So we might have to design some spaces uh, for guests' pets. You know, pet rooms. We're designing a lot of elaborate pet rooms and yeah. uh, areas to keep them to keep them happy during their stay too. So um, I know that Forever Home featured a, an elaborate uh, uh, pet room. That was pretty incredible. I um, like the idea with the the sink in there. You just have to push the drain and it empties out. Oh, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. It. Yep. It's awesome. And they can exit, come and go as they please. That's mm-hmm. super important if you're not there. Um, yeah. And maybe sure. if you have a pet yourself that isn't used to a lot of people coming over, you know, so it'd be a great place to still be able to have the pet have its own space. So it's not 30 different people walking around the house and the pet's getting all anxious about it, you know, mm-hmm. or jumping up on your guests. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's where soundproofing and reducing these noises in the home also are important. So that room was soundproofed. Okay. That way when the dogs are in there, you don't necessarily hear them dark barking while you're hosting and entertaining. That's another great consideration too for guest bedrooms, guest suites, Mm -hmm. is you want to put soundproofing in those walls. That's not a default assumption. That's something that you want to intentionally request. Another thing to consider on these guest suites is having an ensuite bathroom. That would be so convenient to be able to have that bathroom privately connected to that bedroom. But also let's consider just your casual everyday powder rooms, having those conveniently located within the public space so that when visitors come over, it's not a task for them to figure out where the bathroom is. Right. So it's right off that, that main open concept living area. So yeah, what's the difference? I think Dayla, you had some notes on what an ensuite and what a mother-in-law suite might be. So usually a guest suite uh, shares a hallway or a bathroom with the rest of the home. Um, and with a in-suite, it's co- something that's completely separate from the home. It may have its own separate entrance um, they have their own full kitchen or kitchenette, um, their own bathroom, a separate living area, and maybe have the capability of doing laundry in that area. Sure. So that's yeah. a big difference between the two. In mother-in-law suites, we, we have this, we design a lot of homes with this feature. We do. And, you know, a couple of popular places that I've seen it is sometimes in the lower level, you know, um, sometimes upstairs, but, it, you know, if you... Um, if you have a property with a walkout, we're usually utilizing that walkout and we put the ensuite in the lower level. Um, or sometimes we put it above, you know, we talked about storage above the garage. Sometimes we put these ensuites above the garage. They have, they have a big second story and, you know, that, um, that second story flows into over the garage. And now this becomes all this extra square footage they didn't know they had. And we could put an, you know, an entire ensuite above the garage. Um, but you know, sometimes a mother-in-law suite needs to be on that first floor again, you know, talking about stairs and eliminating steps as they age. Um, we see a lot of requests for, I want two suites, two master suites on the first floor. That's becoming such a a popular design feature in many homes. Yeah. I I really think it depends on, again, the customer and the square footage of home you're trying to design. Um, because I, I've just had several customers design an extra master bedroom right there on the first floor mainly designed for when the parents come to visit but then also you know as one customer i had one slept with the cpap machine and the other one didn't so it served as a dual purpose they were able to use that other master bedroom if they needed to from time to time 
But then when the in-laws or the parents did visit because they were in their 80s, now they didn't have to go up or down the stairs. They were able to have their own little suite right there. So really depending on the square footage we're trying to maintain, where you might incorporate that that ensuite. That extra suite, yeah, for sure. Other things to consider what above garages, you know, I think I'm starting to see more of is bunk room storage too. Um, you know, if, if you've got kids that have grandkids now and you want a place that's just fun for all the grandkids to come over, now maybe they have like a little game area plus the bunk rooms so the, the cousins can all hang out, you know, the grandkids can hang out in one space while your kids have their own private master bedrooms and then you have your master bedroom also that's becoming real popular yeah the kids i know when we go on vacation the kids love there's there's a home that we rent quite often there's a bunk room and they all boom they hit that room right away and that's where they stay and they 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 all they all think it's cool to sleep together and play (laughs) together and um yeah definitely a a cool design feature to kind of maybe keep the kids all in one room and keep the mess all in one room (laughs) as well so and usually there's a half bathroom up there too for them so you'll don't ever have to see them <laughs> <laughs> and soundproofing back to zach's yeah, point yeah, you know so. put them above the garage you don't have to hear them running around upstairs right yep. there's an incredible home that i toured and it had a dedicated kids playroom area it was unbelievable and you should see the custom cabinetry that was done in that space for storing away all the kids toys this was in a finished lower level basement but it still had a ton of windows a lot of natural light and the kids just love that space so this was an oversized room. There's all the kids would run down there. That's what the homeowner said. And then it was closed off by these beautiful barn doors. So when you're not ready to clean up that mess quite yet, exactly. just close the barn doors. It's a good idea. That was really great. I think also another consideration is when you're having people over to watch, let's just say it's the Super Bowl, having a dedicated home theater, that is something that takes everything to the next level. So you're not just watching the game on a 70-inch TV. You're now watching on a 120-inch screen. You've got surround sound. The bass is booming on the subwoofers. That is just next level. And that's the Super Bowl party I'd want to be at. For sure. Yep. A theater room goes beyond just the screen and the comfy seating. We also can incorporate appliances. Now, they don't have to be the same kind of appliances that we're considering for a kitchen. I know in one home, they had those refrigerators with the glass doors. I always think those look so great. But I wouldn't want that in my primary kitchen because I don't want to no. see all the the Tupperware containers and all that kind of stuff. But when you're doing it in a theater room, you can now see all the beverages and it's lit up in there. It just looks stunning. So I think that's a great way to utilize one of those glass front refrigerators. We also, of course, would want a freezer a for freezer, ice cream for the prep, kids. A prep sink, a dishwasher for cleaning up uh, everything that you made a mess of. And a lot of people like having floating shelves. Well, in a kitchen, a floating shelf only really makes sense if you have a lot of wall space and you're also able to have your wall cabinets. But why sacrifice that space in the kitchen? Well, in the theater room, you don't necessarily need a ton of storage for dishes and glassware. Therefore, incorporating these open shelves that keeps the space open adds a little bit more of a designer feel. Something we haven't touched on yet is a coffee area. I know that when we have visitors stay, the first thing I want to make sure is ready for them in the morning is coffee. That way, if they get up before we do, they know exactly where everything is. They can make their fresh cup of brew. And by the way, I should bring up, today's podcast is fueled by American Heroes Coffee. So Justin, John, and Dela are drinking the Heroes Blend, which is their dark roast. Mm -hmm. I've got the Liberty Blend, the light roast for a little extra caffeine. (laughs) 
We also have it right over Justin's shoulder there. So this coffee company is owned by one of our clients and they were just in here doing their design selections. I think it's pretty awesome and we appreciate having their coffee here on the pod today. Yeah, American Heroes Coffee. Um, most of their proceeds go to supporting veterans, EMTs, firefighters. Um, so it's good to know when you're drinking the coffee that you're supporting a good cause for sure. We do have two bags of coffee. Comment below. The first two to comment will send out those bags to you. And this is a great reason why you should make sure you subscribe and turn on the bell notification so you get alerted every time we release a new episode. Let's move back to the coffee bar. It is a great space, of course, for coffee, but it also can just be a beautiful element in the home with glass inside the cabinets, some beautiful lighting, creating a little more of an ambiance effect. So sometimes that's in the kitchen. Sometimes I've seen that design right in one of the bedrooms, you know, so the, the guest doesn't have to get up and get into the kitchen. They don't have to, they don't feel like they have to get dressed, you know, appropriately. They can basically just get up and make their own coffee right in their bedroom. It's a brilliant idea. You can even have a little under counter uh, refrigerator in there because maybe they like iced coffee or they like to have creamer in their coffee. So that way you can stock it for them when they come over. Oh, very nice. I think we also need to consider a bar area. Now we'll keep that outside of the suite bedrooms. We'll just keep that into the dedicated <laughs> open space, right? But the bar areas, that's something that a lot of people come to us and they say, we want a bar. It's not necessarily about the drinking, but it's about bringing everyone together and having that dedicated space. A lot of times we make good use out of those finished lower level basements because uh, we don't have as many demands on how we want to use that space down there. Therefore, a bar makes a lot of sense. I agree. Yeah. That that lower level opens up a lot more square footage to do, you know, many different things with the bar, a pool table, a movie theater kind of incorporated all in the same room can can all be done that lower level because we have a little bit extra space down there uh, and a little bit more flexibility with the design. Yeah, I think a bar, when you think about it, it's a lot like a kitchen, right? It's a gathering spot, whether it's designed for the drinking or just the gathering. I mean, it's kind of like a, a kitchen in the lower level mm -hmm. if you think about it. Usually, and then you have a two-tier island, more, more than likely, because people like to sit up on the higher bar stools, and then down below is where you'll be preparing your, the drinks for everybody, or having the food set out. It's a hard sell for me to do a two-tiered island. I just never really saw the appeal. So what do so many people love about them? I think what they love about it is now you have an opportunity where you can put outlets on the other side of it. So if you want to hook up, put all the crock pots in front of that area you can set them all up and then people can sit up here and that stuff's not in front of them um, you also have the opportunity where you can put some cool finishes on front of that snack bar island now you could do like stone you could do corrugated steel you could do some reclaimed wood mm -hmm. um, it just adds in some more textures that you can bring into that space i feel like it's more casual seating too maybe when yeah. it's a little taller you know, yeah. you don't have to, you don't have a chair, the height we're sitting in now, it's more like a bar stool height. Right. And maybe it's more casual to kind of come and go from that space. You, you're both right. For a bar, I think that makes absolute sense. I think it's more in the kitchen sure. where I have a harder time accepting the idea of raising up that top to 42 inches. Um, for me, it just kind of interrupts the space, interrupts the flow, makes the top seem smaller. I just really like having that large countertop in the kitchen, but sure, I'll concede. Yes, <laughs> on a bar, two-tiered makes a lot of sense. I mean, the Timberlake home had the two-tier, but it had two islands. You know, it had that one big prep did, island, yeah. and then it also had the second, so it had the best of both worlds, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, very good point. Now, when we're designing these bar areas, I think that this is a great opportunity to get extremely creative. We can venture outside of the traditional theme and aesthetic of the home, and we could take things to a new level. We oftentimes will see a homeowner saying, all right, I know exactly what I want here. I want it to be ultra rugged, industrial. Let's incorporate some cool elements that we aren't seeing in the rest of the home. I want it to be a statement piece. I just think that the bar is a great opportunity for that because no one realistically expects for any of those selections to carry through with the rest of the home. Of course, we want to be cohesive and intuitive in the design. We do want it to fit the home, but there's no reason that we need to carry through any of those selections or the design style into the rest of the home. It's its own signature room. Agreed. You could definitely change up a lot of the finishes, the cabinetry. Um, you can change up the decor. I mean, you know, you see a lot of um, sports memorabilia, maybe some mounts down there. Um, it certainly is a space that lends itself to have a different features that you would see anywhere else in the house. It's an area where everybody likes to have fun. So, I mean, why not make the space more inviting by having more fun textures in there? Hey, guys, I got a trivia question for you. What's that? Do you know where the term mudroom came from? Mm. No. No. I do not. It's a term that says it's a space to keep mud and grime from spreading to the rest of the home. That sounds appealing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's one of my beefs with some of the mudrooms is the, lo- the washer and dryer in, in the mudrooms. Why, why is that still a thing? I think... I wouldn't want that. Yeah, I agree. I don't agree. want people Let- to see my laundry laying out all over the place uh, when they come in. Uh, agreed. I think the washer and dryer needs to be designed somewhere where the laundry is being made, right? Yeah. I mean, by the bedrooms, the master suites. Um, I mean, maybe you can have two. Uh, you know, you can have a washer and dryer in the mudroom, but certainly maybe put a stackable or something near near your master suite or on the level that the laundry's going to sure. be made. You know, you don't want to be hauling laundry up and downstairs. I'm actually working on a house right now. They're doing one on every floor. Is that right? That's they a want, good idea. They want one in their master, and then they want one for all the guests so that you're not going up and down with laundry and stuff. Perfect. And really, how much more square footage does it take when you're doing a stackable? You know, right. so it's designed in the closet space, in the walk-in closet space. And then it's just the cost of the washer and dryer at that point. Right, yep. You know, I mean. Yeah, we had a client who put one downstairs because they have a lake home. So her idea is when all the grandkids come in, she can just take all those towels and their bathing suits and just put them in the washer and dryer right away and not have them sitting around in their bedrooms. Right. You know how kids are when they take their stuff off, they just leave it there. Yeah, right. And they make ventless ones too now. Um, those are pretty cool. So you don't have to worry about maybe venting that dryer throughout the home, you know, finding a space on an exterior wall to put that dryer. Um, they make some pretty cool and affordable ventless dryers now. And the appliances you know? nowadays are so quiet too. Yeah. You know, so putting them close to the bedroom isn't like years ago, everybody put them on the other side of the house because they were louder. Well, they're so quiet now that having yeah. them right by the bedroom just makes sense. Well, I can tell you that I'm not as bothered by the idea of having a washer and dryer in the mudroom. Now, the reason I'm not is because I agree with you. Intuitively, it's not my first choice. But a lot of people, they're trying to stick within a certain square footage. And you still may be, ha- you still may be building an ultra-luxury custom home. But when it's all said and done, that is a convenient way to double up on space. Mm. Where that mudroom and laundry room can share that common area 
I think one thing we missed was the exterior illumination. I had a customer a while back that her biggest thing was making sure there was plenty of outlets for running Christmas lights and stuff without having to run extension cords all over the place. Um, you know, that was a huge design consideration for them. So that's something that when you're designing a new home, you could definitely should think about, you know, exterior outlets and what are you going to do outside for decorations and things like that? Definitely. Um, I know I've had clients, you know, there's some LED strip lighting now that could go in your soffits and overhangs and they're easily changed color for the different seasons. And that's been pretty popular lately. Sure. I think it's nice when they have the outlets and the soffits and then you don't have to like have the extensions cords going to find an outlet that's down below. Now you right. can just plug it in right there. Sure. The first thing I think of when we're going to have a lot of people over is where is everybody going to park? So that's what's so convenient about buying a piece of property that's got a little bit of land to it, and now you can design out your own driveway. Maybe have a big circle in there so it's easy for people to get around and just make it convenient for all that extra parking. That's something that a lot of people, when you're looking at a, a used home out on the market, how often do you ever consider the flexibility of having all of these visitors over? You, you oftentimes don't, and usually it's an afterthought. Right. Well, now it can be a priority when you're preparing the land for your home build. Yeah, it seems, you know, uh, a lot of clients are designing for just these few days out of the year. I mean, it's super important to them, super important to having family over, big gatherings like this, and it's definitely a design consideration where, when we're designing a new home, for sure. I remember uh, one customer I designed the house for, he basically said, I don't care if it's only being used twice out of the year, I want a big enough dining room table where all the family can sit at the table I'm done putting folding card tables in the great, you know, different tables for everybody. I want one large table where all my kids and grandkids can sit together, eat Christmas or Thanksgiving. I don't care if it's only used twice. And that was his main focus was the dining room. Got pretty big, a little too big maybe, but he didn't care. He wanted the family to be able to sit at the table and not have to sit in different spots. I think it makes a lot of sense. And when you're designing a brand new home, you can design it for that huge table. We were at a home, it must have been able to see 16 or 18, but it didn't look out of place because the home was designed around that table. And I, I think it makes uh, a lot of sense. I know when I was growing up and we'd go over to my grandparents for Thanksgiving, you'd have a kid's table, you'd have the adult table, and then you'd have the overflow of people just kind of standing in the kitchen <laughs> right, at yeah, that yeah. island. Everyone was split up. Now you can design it where everyone is together. And that's what it's about around the holidays, having all the family together. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm designing a home right now with an octagon room. And we're designing the size of that octagon room for their air heirloom table, their round table that they want to bring with them from their current home to the new home. And we're designing that size around, around the table. It's super important to people. We got to throw up some B-roll on the screen of this incredible table where it folds out it it extends out and all of a sudden you go from being able to seat, I believe it's five, and then you can seat up to eight or nine people. It was just so cool because when those when that table folds back in, it just looks like an ordinary table, but it's flexible and expandable for that space. I think uh, furniture is a big thing that people need to consider when they are designing the house too. Just great room, right? How much seating are you going to have? What's the walk flow you're going to do in the great room? Right. Um, yeah. You know, some people try to save some square footage and all of a sudden, but they still want a lot of furniture, you know, so when designing the home, that's very important to think about. And that's one thing we're doing for sure is, is designing the furniture in the home, placing the sizes of the couches and the love seat where they want them so they can visualize how big that furniture is in comparison 
to the rest of the room. And then, like you said, the flow around those furniture, end tables, coffee tables, whatever it may be. Right. And usually everything is designed around a focal point. So you want to make sure that you're taking in consideration where that focal point is, whether it's the fireplace, your window wall feature. Um, how's that furniture going to set up around that focal point? Yeah, the fireplace. I mean, this is always a big discussion. It when, is a big discussion. When, I, when I'm talking with clients. Yeah, right. Where is the fireplace? Is it going on that great room gable end wall? You know, do you want that to be a big focal point, that stone reaching mm -hmm. all the way to that ceiling? Or do you want it on the sidewall? Do you want to open up that great room gable end wall and put all that glass in and capture that beautiful view that you have and have it on the sidewall? So that's going to determine, again, how that furniture is orientated, how much how much furniture do I need in that space now? So I actually yeah. had a customer that just designed their fireplace right, for lack of better terms, not in the middle of the great room, but in between the great room and kitchen, kind of. Double-sided fireplace. He wanted to give it that ski lodge feel where you could kind of sit around the fireplace if you wanted, and it was its own sitting area, and then the great room was still beyond that with the actual living room furniture and stuff. So first time I've seen that, but very, very yeah. cool idea. And like you said, seating. I mean, that fireplace can serve as extra seating. We do a lot of the raised hearths now, so it's the height of a chair, basically. And now, you know, if it's a, it's a wood-burning fireplace, you can put your back up against that, that real heat that's coming out of that fireplace um, and add some extra seating to that room with the fireplace hearth. Something to keep in mind as well is we want to make sure that our home is accommodating and flexible for everyone who has mobility needs. We can eliminate steps coming in from the garage into the home and keep everything on the same level throughout the house. doesn't mean that your home needs to be entirely ADA compliant, right? It doesn't need to be designed entirely around a wheelchair, although we've done that plenty of times. But that way when grandma comes over, whether she's got a walker or a wheelchair, she can enjoy the rest of the space easily and she doesn't feel like it's a burden to anyone else. Oftentimes our visitors, they... They want to be there, but they don't want to feel like they're, they're burdening their, their son or their daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, you could just do these features as a default in your home design, and you wouldn't even think about it, that it's accessible. And it's just something that's intuitive and integrated into the entire home design. I could consider having private access into the home. There have been multiple homes that I've been at where you can actually drive up to a different side of the home and then be able to get into the home from over there which is away from the main entry. I see. That way they can come yeah. and go as oh. they wish. Yeah. In a home I'm currently designing, um, we have an, an actually a second set of stairs. Uh, the, the extra living space, again, is above the, the garage or on the second story. So they want to be able to have guests come over, enter the home, have their own entranceway and, and stairs right away as you enter that home and go up mm -hmm. to their own space, have that area closed off for them. Um, so, yeah, definitely... A design feature that we're offering well just think if you're not home and they show up now you could give them the key code to get into the house what if you're not there so that's a nice feature too another thing to consider is the convenience of having charging stations in this home you've got someone staying for multiple days at a time you can easily have that integrated into your outlets on the wall or particularly in their bedrooms but also you could have that dedicated charging station whether it's right off the mud room or really anywhere throughout the home. Also, let's take a look at the bathrooms. You don't need to have all of these big closets and, and a lot of tall linen cabinets when you could just have open shelving and then it's easy for everyone to see what's available to them. They don't have to go searching through all the cabinets. Right, especially if it's a guest bathroom because you're not going to 
put all your stuff necessarily away unless you're staying for a long extended period of time. But maybe you can just do a larger vanity where they're going to leave the stuff out on the counter and then, to your point, save the square footage space for that larger linen. You know, you can store the extra towels or bed linens in the closet because that closet's not going to be used all the time. So, you know, you can store that stuff there and then just make that guest bathroom feel more open by getting rid of some of that cabinetry and just doing a big vanity or something. Excellent point. Because you're going to bring your tote, which will have all your essentials in there. You're not going to go put those away in the cabinet drawers. Right. With the quality of homes that we see being built, I think the attention to high quality and unique materials goes such a long way when you have visitors come over. I love it when you go into a home and people are just distracted. They're looking around. They're they're admiring the craftsmanship and the detail. How did those timbers come together? How was this home built? What is that material? They're just full of questions and usually they're quiet for the first few minutes. I just, I love seeing that. And I think so much of that goes into the awe, the beauty and the unique craftsmanship of a brand new custom luxury home. See, that's not the kind of stuff that happens when you go into an ordinary home. I'll never go into an ordinary home and and start to admire the architecture, but you admire that architecture on the kind of homes that we see being built. Mm -hmm. The kind of home where everyone's excited to go to grandma and grandpa's for the holidays. Everyone wants you to host that Super Bowl party. They're hoping that you're going to do it again next year. And there are just so many great considerations when designing these homes where you can have it all and you can have it be a flexible home so that it's comfortable when it's only two people in the home but it's also comfortable when there are 30 people in the home. For those of you who are watching, the first two to comment below, we'll be reaching out to you to send you some of the American Heroes coffee. And also, comment below with some of your favorite ideas from today's episode and things that we may have missed. We look forward to seeing you next time. Imagine a life where your home is a work of art, where nature and luxury embrace with a custom Golden Eagle log and timber home. Our expert team is here to guide you every step of the way.